Hello and welcome to the 31st episode of Tailoring in Conversation. In this series, I'll be talking to tailors, business owners, cloth merchants, and other industry participants from all around the globe to gain a better insight into their worlds. My guest for today is Hossein Tohja. Hossein is a patent cutter for Rod Fashion House in Tehran, Iran. He's accompanied by Mina Molai, who is going to be our translator. Now, in our conversation for today, we're going to be talking about tailoring education in Iran, the challenges one faces for setting up a company there, and much more. I hope you enjoy. Thank you very much for making the time, Hossein. I'm very pleased to talk to you. We've had some conversations going back and forth. And uh, let's begin, first of all. How are you doing? He's very happy talking to you. And he says um, it's a good uh, way to start the communication and uh, to start a better relationship with you. Thank you very much. Now, I remember that about a year ago, we spoke um, during the Corona lockdown and uh, we were talking about uh, pattern cutting and you were making patterns for uh, the company that you were working for. Um, are, are you still uh, working for the same company that you were working for? And if not, what are you doing at the moment? You mean before coronavirus? Yes, and during. Or during corona. Okay. یه با هم کمپانی که قبل از کرونا و در طول کرونا کار می‌کردید با هم دارید کار می‌کنید. بله بله بله. با شرکت راد فشن در واقع در ایران چون در واقع یک برند فرانسویه. راد که تو ایران یک فشن ایجاد کرده و Yes. He says he's still working with Rod Fashion Company, which is originally a French company. Mm-hmm. Um, man, um, I'm almost speaking Farsi. It's so difficult. Uh, so, so here's the thing. Uh, you were born in the same city as my father was, and and I've been there and I've and I've spent some time there. And you're obviously also older than me, uh, but I also want to ask you. If, if me and you were growing up together and we were friends in the same street, uh, which one of my friends were you? What, what sort of a kid were you when you were growing up? کارهای خیلی خوبی تو ایران توی کشورهای دیگه انجام بدیم یا توی لندن یا توی ایران خیلی خوب میشد همون ایران منظورشون استقبال خیلی خوبی داشتم اگه واقعا یکی از آرزوام بود بزرگی که از هی سیز هی واز هپی تو بی وان اف یور فرندز اند آی کان سی وان اف یور بیست فرندز اند یو وود هاف ا گریت ریلیشنشیپ اند فرندشیپ And what, what kind of things were you interested in when you were younger? Were you still interested in making things or uh, how did you develop your interest in tailoring? Yes. Uh, he was interested uh, and he is still interested in art and uh, generally fashion designing and creating things. Uh, and when he was younger, uh, how old About 16 or 17, when he was a teenager, he used to work uh, in a workshop that uh, kind of workshop that used to uh, make cloth and things for people. What did your parents do? What did, were you raised in a big family or were you the only child? He has three brothers and four sisters and mother. 
His father is retired and his mother is a housewife. Mm -hmm. And what did your father do when he was younger? Yes, he was an employee. Okay, so um, can you tell me a little bit about your journey and how you slowly went from being someone who does odd jobs for in a, in a workshop to someone who's professionally trained and uh, now works for for a large uh, fashion company in Tehran or Iran. توضیح بدین که چجوری از یک کسی که میرفته توی خیاطی کار می‌کرده تبدیل شده به کسی که به صورت حرفه‌ای این کارو دنبال می‌کنه و تقریباً برند شده. بیشتر توی زمینه هنر یک عشقی وجود داره توی کار. اگر واقعا عاشق اون کار باشی مطمئناً به دنبالش میری و از هر کسی که توانایی خیلی خوبی داشته باشه کمک میگیری که به اون نتیجه برسی حالا تو ایران حالا من هنوز جا دارم به نسبت خودم حس میکنم جا دارم که قوی تر از اینم بشم که بتونم به خودم هم افتخار بکنم هم به جایی که کار میکنم یا اسمش رو میبرن افتخار بکنم بس این or uh, when you want to follow something uh, from the bottom of your heart and it is uh, in every cell of your body to do it uh, you would do anything uh, you ask uh, help from anyone to um, satisfy your inner um, I, I can say satisfy your inner uh, willings and uh, he says that he's done he doesn't feel that he's a still satisfied with the things that he has uh, in uh, fashion designing i mean he needs to get better he thinks that he can get better and better every day and he want to he wants to get the best in his uh, field now i know that you are a pattern cutter and what i would like to know is where did you learn pattern cutting and how was that trajectory for you in uh, olgu یه بخشیشو با آلمانیا یاد گرفتم یعنی افرادهای بودم از بورس آلمان شرکت بورس آلمان بودم از اونجا یاد گرفتم یه بخش چارچوبی و این علاقه من شروع شد که یه اتفاقی تو محیط کاری من و واقعا به هیچ چیزی فکر نمی کردم فقط بود بعدش چند سالی که کار کردم یه نقطه ضعفاتی بود توی لباس پوشیدن ایران ایران متاسفانه همه ما سمت الگوی ایران آلمانی رفتیم چون بدن ما اصلا آلمانی نیست و این اتفاق افتاد با بزاد آشنا شدیم و کلا شیوه کار رو به سمت انگلیسی بردیم و خیلی موفق هی داره قابل ارتقا میشه و هی دارم من یه چیزای جدیدتر توی کار میبرم و اون کیفیت کارم از به قول معروف از صفر به شاید الان 60 70 رسیده که ان شاء الله بتونیم با بیشتر و بهتر Uh, but he uh, he thinks there were some weak points, some weaknesses, some flaws about uh, this company. Uh, for example, uh, the way they used to wear things. Uh, I mean, a German body. He thinks a German body is different from uh, an uh, Iranian body. And uh, after that, he met you, and then he thinks uh, you were. Uh, You were like a great inspiration to him, and he's uh, much better than he used to be. And he he thinks he's about sixty uh, uh, or seventy uh, from one uh, hundred now. Now this is very interesting. You mentioned you say a German body is not the same as an Iranian body. I think that's a very fine observation. How did you get to that observation? یه چطور به این مسئله پی بردین که یک بدن یک فرد آلمانی با یه ایرانی متفاوت 
خب همه طریق کارهایی که از اروپا به وارد ایران میشود متوجه میشدم وقتی یه کار انگلیسی رو میپوشیدم خود من میپوشیدم خیلی خوب و راحت بودم توش و اینکه کار آلمانی رو میپوشیدم نه اون ریزش های زیادی داشت و اون حس خوب و به نسبت یه کت خوب نمیداد شاید تو بدن آلمانی مشکلی نداشت ولی تو بدن های ما این اتفاق واقعا می افتاد. به نظر من توی دنیا با هر هر الگوی مختص خود همون دوش. کشور باید باشه نه یک کشوری دیگه از یک کشور دیگه وارد چون اصلا آناتومیه آره. Uh, he says that uh, when uh, when they used to import things, uh, I mean coats or things like that from London, uh, they were very comfortable and uh, it was so good. But uh, when they used to uh, import, uh, for example, German coats, uh, it, it, it didn't really feel like it and it wasn't really comfortable. And so uh, he thinks Uh, anatomy or the way uh, the people live in a country really affects the uh, things they wear and you can't uh, just uh, wear something uh, where uh, they can't just uh, uh, I don't know how to say this uh, they can just uh, make people wear uh, things that uh, are from other country to another country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now um I think this is a great point because um, I heard from another tailor that um, the anatomy that people had, let's say, 100 years ago before they were using computers or they were sitting in offices for very long hours was also very different than the, the anatomy that we today have with, you know, multiple people working in offices and being a bit more hunched forward. How does that affect your work in terms of pattern cutting in the sense that do you make patterns for a large production scale or do you make patterns for one individual person? انبوه کار میکنن ولی ما ها به بخش کوچیک کارهای شخصی و بیایتی کار میکنیم افراده خاص بودا یا مثلا بازیگر ها و چوب پلیس های معروف ایران it's not uh, actually a big business and uh, he doesn't uh, do this uh, for companies or things like that Just very uh, private people, very rich people, for example, artists, uh, actors, and people who can afford uh, this kind of uh, this kind of coats or things like that. I've spoken to other Iranian pattern cutters as well, and what seemed to be consistent was that most of uh, most most of them learned the German systems, like Müller and Son, and uh, I think Rundschau. Uh, why do you think that the German systems are so popular in Iran? کدوزای دستوزای خیلی زیادی داشتیم و اون ترفنداشون ترفندای انگلیسی و اینکه اومدن یه نشعتی از ترکیه گرفتن فکر کردن اگر از ترکیه همون الگوی آلمانی وارد ایران بکنن مشکلی پیش نمیاد تو ایران ولی الان متاسفانه همه کارخونه ها شاید 90 درصد کارخونه ها به مشکل همین اولگو برخوردن و نمیتونن از این جلوتر برن و ترفندش هم واقعا خیلی نمیدونن ولی من وقتی میرم یه کارخونه اعلام میکنم این اتفاق میفته و اولگوی انگلیسی که شما آقای مستر رزا 
شما به ما یاد دادی و اینو اجرا میکنن واقعا به این نتیجه میرسن که این درست ترین کاره درست ترین کاره که به سمت اولوی یا انگلیسی یا ایتالیایی برن چون یا خودشون یه اولگو رو بسازن کارخونا متاسفانه اولگو رو نمیسازن اولگو رو خریداری میکنن یعنی اولگو رو از یک کشوری دیگه وارد میکنن اولگو ساخته هیچ, کش... هیچ کارخونه توی ایران اولگو رو نمیتونه بسازه و این شده یه موزدی توی کارخونه ایران و موزدی که برشکستگی به وجود آورده نه میتونن صادر بکنن کارو نه همون استقبالی داره توی کشور یعنی خود مردم آمیانه نمیتونن ا بیگ پرابلم ویت ایرانیان کمپانیز ایز دت دی جاست کاپی دی پترنز فرام ادر کانتریز اند دی دو نات کریئیت دیر اون پترن فور اگزامپل دی کاپید فرام این از انگلیس گفتم from England, from Italy, Italy. and uh, this, um, this problem is uh, leading them to bankruptcy mm-hmm. and is a big, uh, big uh, problem making issue and you get your question? You said you said you said you said you ایران میپوشن آمه پسند باشه مشکلی نداشته باشه شدنیه ولی متاسفانه این زمان بره و شده این موضوع توی yes. uh, the only key to uh, for these companies for Iranian companies I mean uh, the only key, uh, key for them to get better uh, is that they uh, have to create their own pattern mm-hmm. they should not copy these uh, things Uh, and if they can do this, uh, they can get better and they can mm-hmm. um, attract many people to buy their products. Iran is more than a lot of machines. The only thing that uh, Iranian companies uh, care about is Machines and things like that, and they do not really care about patterns. Why do you think that is? Because when it comes down to production, a lot of emphasis is placed on how something is made, and like you say, and this is not—I don't think this is just in Iran. I think this is in a lot of countries. They don't pay. pay that much attention on the pattern, even though the pattern is one of the most important parts of a successful garment. Why do you think that in Iran at the moment, people don't spend that much time on making and developing the patterns? ایران خیلی از سرمایه گذاراش خیاط نیستن یکی از معدلات اصلی اینه که اولین نفری که سرمایه گذاره به هیچ عنوان خیاطی و بلد نیست یک سرمایه گذاره و این میره چون خود سرمایه گذار میره توی کشورهای دیگه نگاه میکنه توی کارخونا فکر میکنه اگه ماشینالات هم میشه تبلیغ برای کارخونه هم 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 سود هم هم که راحت تر میتونه به نتیجه برسه برعکس در اصل many investors of these companies in Iran uh, go to uh, other countries and uh, they feel if they just uh, buy these machines and start this business they will be very successful they're gonna profit a lot of money Uh, and uh, the, the thing is they don't really know anything about fashion and designing and such such things mm-hmm. and uh, that's the problem of uh, these investors mm-hmm. now when you say that the investors don't under, don't have the the background that they need to have in order to successfully set up a company how about workforce uh, can they employ people who are specialists and do have a tailoring background 
میگه اگه مثلا کسانی که تو این زمینه تحصیلات آکادمیک و مثلا حرفه‌ای باشن استخدام کنن چی بازم تأثیری داره یا نخواهد داشت تأثیر داره ولی خب خود سرمایه‌گذار ترجیح میده یک نفر الگوساز رو از کشور دیگه وارد بکنه تا یک نفر تو ایران رو استخدام به این کار بکنه که خود سرمایه‌گذار فکر میکنه اگر از یک نفر از یک کشور دیگه وارد بکنه زودتر به نتیجه میرسه فکر کنم این اشتباس کن بده دیز اینوسترز این ایران believe that uh, if they uh, hire uh, other people from other countries to do the job for them they can profit very faster and uh, they can um, they can get their result um, as soon as they uh, just start the business so that's why they don't hire people from their uh, from our own country mm-hmm. How is the tailoring education or the possibilities for learning tailoring in Iran at the moment? I mean, I know that some countries have, for example, maybe a school or two, which is officially recognized as as an institution where you can learn tailoring. Uh, But then some countries have less of that and they have more private lessons. How is the landscape in Iran at the moment? (laughs) مثلا همین خیاتی و این چیزا رو دنبال کرد به صورت نیفهی؟ نه نیست عملا یعنی وجود داره ظاهرا وجود داره یعنی دانشگاه هست پرراهی های آموزشگاه زیادن تو ایران ولی الاحاظ عملیاتی هیچ نتیجه تا الان ندیدیم و نمیدن There might be some uh, some institutes or some, uh, I don't know, some uh, college uh, that are uh, considered to be uh, a place where you can learn uh, actually tailoring or fashion designing, but practically they do not uh, teach their students anything. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to go back a little bit uh, to one of the questions I asked earlier, and I'd like to have some sort of a specific answer. Uh, where specifically did you learn your your craft and what sort of teachers did you have how did you learn the skills that you have learned now خودتون چه جوری به صورت حرفه‌ای یاد گرفتین و چه جور معلم‌هایی داشتین یعنی دانشگاه خاصی رفتین نه دانشگاه نرفتم تجربی بود بیشتر yes he doesn't have any academic uh, teaching uh, i mean educations uh, and تجربی بود و اینکه کسایی که اینجا بودن تو ایران الان خود کردن ولی خب تو ایران کتاب نوشتن 25 سال 30 سال توی فرانسه بودن یا دانشگاه اونجا درس میخوندن و اومدن ایران اصالتا ایرانی بودن و ایرانی بودن و کتاب نوشتن آقای آشتیانی حالا اسمشون بودن خود کردن و ایشون و آقای قلیپور و آقای آشتیانی با هم بودن من یه حلوشه یه دوره بیست روزه هم پیش اونا بودم اونا میگفتن که اگر میخوای بهتر بتونی به نتیجه برسی الهاز دوخت دوز کت اینجا تو ایران بایستی اندام شناسی و خیلی خوب بشناسی یک از توی اوایل کتابشون هم همون اندام شناسی هست بخشیش بخشیش دوخت دوز تکرار شده واسه یک نفر یا مثلا بیشتر روی ایرادات اندامی کار بکنی بیشتر موفقی تا علمی Uh, he claims that experiment is much more important than academic education and uh, he says that there was a man called Mr. Ashtiani uh, that uh, he uh, he has written many great books uh, he has written so, uh, some great books about tailoring and uh, This man that is uh, with, 
passed away. Yes, he passed away 20 or 15 years ago. Uh, and uh, Mr. Ashtiani spent uh, um, a few days, about 20 days, with um, Mr. Hussein. And uh, he taught many good things to Hussein. And in one of the chapters of this book, uh, he said that uh, you need to know every detail about a person's body and the, anatom uh, the anatomy of, uh, of one's body. Uh, and you need to, uh, to make a great code, for example, you need to, um, you need to know how to hide every flaw of someone's body. How to hide these flaws. استاد بیژن هم استاد بیژن بود هم بنیانگذار خیاط های ایران بود یعنی تمام خیاط های ایران یه جورایی رهبریشون مستر آشتیانی was the pioneer of tailoring industry kind of in Iran I see I see so I assume that most tailoring shops uh, in Iran at the moment, based on what I know and based on what you have told me, are set up by people who either inherited their skills from the previous generations or they have learned based on um, experimenting and, and, yes. and their experiences. Yes, How academy, easy... ed mm -hmm. academy education doesn't really matter, uh, as you said. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to know is if someone has learned the the skills that are required to to run a tailoring workshop, how easy in terms of registration, logistics and things like that, is it to set up a tailoring workshop in Iran at the moment? <laughs> خب برای کسی که تحصیلات نداره تو این زمینه مثلا مجوز گرفتن و اینجور کارا چجوریه سخت آسونه مثلا که بتونه تو این هیته فعالیت کنه بیشتر ایران تجربیه مجوز خاصی نداره که مثلا بگی من این پیترومو دارم یعنی مانه فعالیت میکنم و این بولت بخواد پیگیریش بکنه یا مجوز بر اساس این کار بهش بده هست ولی زیاد چیز نیست مجوز اولویت کار ما نیست اولویت کار ما خود کار ماست the priority in uh, tailoring in Iran is not uh, that if your academic, uh, academic uh, certificate is related to what you're doing at the moment The thing is, uh, the thing that is important is just, uh, and the government doesn't really care uh, if you are uh, doing the thing that you are educated to do. Uh, the thing that is important is just uh, what you, you know what you're doing and you have, uh, for example, uh, you have enough money to invest on this, uh, you can say, industry. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, for example, if, if I want to work as a tailor in, in London, let's say, I have to either register as self-employed, so I am uh, working for myself and I take work from other people, and then once I've done the job, they pay me, or I have to register as a company and then take on my own clients and then perhaps employ others. How are the legal uh, restrictions or what are the legal procedures? Let's, let's say what the procedures are in setting up a company or registering yourself as self-employed. I understand that they're not exactly the same systems, but can you elaborate a little bit on um, how someone um, starts working as a tailor in Iran, whether it's a company or an individual? Yeah, چه به عنوان یه فردی خودش میخواد کار کنه چه جوری میتونه کارشو تو ایران شروع کنه؟ اولش که بایستید 
یک تجربه توی کار داشته باشه بعد میتونه به صورت زیرزمینی کار بکنه یا داخلی یا خونه یا کارگاه چیز مخفیانه کار بکنه مشکلی نداره میتونه از بازار سفارش بگیره و اینو یکی یکی شروع کنه به هم خودش کار بکنه هم نیرو اضافه بکنه یکی این روشه یکم روش دوم اینه که مغازه بزنه پارچه بخره بیترین بزنه و اینکه شروع بکنه به فعالیت کاری بعد یه مدت میتونه راحتتر مجوز بگیره با رنج قیمتی که تو اون محیط کارش هست اون منطقه شهر هست قیمت گذاری بکنه و شروع کنه به فعالیت یکی از مشکلاتی که ما داریم شوه که مردم خیلی از خیاط ها خیاط خیلی خوبی داریم توی ایران که واقعا ایران توی دنیا به نظر من حرف دارم واسه گفتن ولی متاسفانه بس مطرح شدن بس تبلیغات Um, uh, Mr. Hussein says that uh, in Iran, there are two ways that you can start a business as a tailor. Uh, one is, um, one is uh, kind of secretly. You can start uh, at home or uh, in a small workshop that nobody knows about it. Uh, and uh, you, uh, the only thing that you need uh, for the first way is that You have, you, have, you have to have some experiences about tailoring. And the second way is that you can uh, rent, a, for example, a store uh, and uh, buy some textiles and get a permission, get a legal permission and بیشتر مشتری ها اون لحظه گذری میشن مثلا از خیابونی دارن بعد پیشن میبینن خیاتیه میان سفارش میدن Uh, we don't have fashion shows and uh, we don't have things like that in uh, Iran. They cannot, um, uh, they will remain unknown, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows them around the world. So I, I'd like to continue on that, but I, I do want to ask a question. He said that in the first method, the tailors can proceed in secrecy and underground. Why, why in secrecy? میگه چرا تو روش اول باید مخفیانه کار کنی؟ چون توی ایران اگه یک منبع درآمد برات میخواد ایجاد بشه اگه نتونی اونو ایجاد کنی میشه برشکستگی و اونو دیگه نمیتونی جبران کنی و اینکه توی ایران به نظر من حالا اینجوری جا افتاده که نشناسند روزای اول وقتی کار میکنی بهتره بعد یواش یواش که کار یاد گرفتی و اون شناختی تو بازار پیدا کردی اون موقع راحت تر میتونی کار یه سری مالیات های عجیب because um, you don't have to pay tax or rent or things like things like that and uh, you are not sure if your business going to succeed or uh, going to go bankruptcy so it's important to remain um, uh, as you said uh, to stay underground and do it secretly so um, in the first step you don't uh, even if your business didn't work out You don't have, uh, you didn't lose uh, really anything, and you um, you can uh, go to other businesses, you know. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that that's more a form of reducing risk for yourself and uh, fi- both financial risk and and reputation risk. Is that correct? Uh, 
میگه پس اینجوری ریسک مالی و اینا رو کمتر میکنی دیگه آره. yes exactly that's the thing okay. that's the thing okay so so let's say you you would want to set up a tailoring shop with a shop front you would have uh, fabrics you would have your trimmings you would have employees there um, what would you say are some of the challenges mainly specific to Iran for someone who wants to do that بیشتر بحث پارچه متریال که تو ایران محدوده یه دفعه میدونی شب هست فردا صبح نیست این مشکل وارد کننده یا مثلا وارد نمیشه جنسی که نیاز داری اون به نظر من این کتی هم که کتی هم که تو ایران تولید میشه اگر یک شرکت کمپانی خیلی قوی هم تو ایران تولید بکنه مشکل متریال بیشتر داره یعنی مشکل موی چیزایی که نیاز داره اون کت داشته باشه نیست یعنی ما خودمون اینجا خیلی مشکل داریم بابت پارچه مثلا موی لایی همه این چیزها رو واقعا ما تو ایران مشکل داریم و این توانایی یک خیاط خوب و یک الگوستاد یا یک فشن خوب رو ایجاد نمیکنه. بیشتر مشکل روی پارچه و اون متریال ایران تا به یک کار ایدئال برسه یعنی یکی از موضوعاتی که همه خیاط ایران درگیرش The most important issue for many of the tailors in Iran is fabric and um, the materials they need uh, Unfortunately Iran uh, is under uh, sanctions you know So many uh, kinds of things that they need uh, cannot be uh, imported to our country. Okay, so even uh, if the if even if they are uh, the best tailor, without those kind of uh, facilities, those, those kind of things, they cannot really uh, express themselves. They cannot really uh, make a great things. Make uh, something that is. Uh, equal to their uh, qualifications mm-hmm. yes that is a very different difficult problem i would say um i know that the, the the city where you're originally from used to be very very famous for the textile production that it had some years ago now what i want to ask you in regards to that is do you think that the sanctions and the restrictions have caused iranian entrepreneurs to set up their own Uh, fabric mills or their own factories to produce these things? یا رنگش یا اون تنواتی که باید بدن ندارن تو ایران یکی از موزلات اونه یکی هم که مویی که مثلا تو ایران ساخته نمیشه مجبوری ما تو کشور دیگه وارد بکنیم ولی اونم به خاطر تحریم نمیتونیم اگر این اتفاق بیفته یعنی تحریم نباشه ایران اللحاظ کیفیت کاری صد درصد میشه یک به خاطر قدرت نیروی که داره تو ایران یکی هم که به خاطر اینکه دوختای خوبی میتونیم بزنیم ما مشکلی نداریم با اون مثلا دوخته ما تو ایتالیا توی انگلیس هر جوری باشه در اصل یک جوره هیچ مشکلی نداره یعنی هم سطح هم سطح میشن بعد قیمت کار ما به نسبت کشورهای دیگه صفر خیلی پایینه و این ایجاد میکنه که کشوری را دیگه استقبال بکنه از این مسئولات ما ولی خب فعلا ما تحریم هیچ کاری نمیتونیم if these sanctions and as as you said or limitations uh, didn't exist uh, Iran is a great country uh, for uh, for this uh, industry I mean uh, tailoring and things like that because first of all 
Um, there are two obstacles in front of uh, Iran, Iran's uh, tailoring system. One is that um, the materials they need uh, doesn't exist in our country. We need to bring them from other countries. And the other thing is, is that go think was that the woman she did here. Yes. Uh, yes, we don't have in Iran, uh, they don't have things that they need. For example, uh, thread, buttons, or things like that. Um, and if uh, there weren't these obstacles, Iran could be one of the best countries and uh, our products could, uh, could be as good as uh, Italian, uh, Italian products or uh, German products and other countries. And uh, a good uh, thing is that uh, in Iran, uh, the expenses for making, um, making things like that would be very, uh, very lower than um, these uh, other countries, for example, Germany or countries like that. Uh, imagine uh, you want to buy a coat, um, a coat in Iran, uh, in other countries you have to pay more than two. In other countries, uh, at least you have to pay about six, six thousand uh, pounds uh, for a coat. But in Iran, uh, you can have that coat, for example, uh, for about uh, for example, uh, for about uh, three hundred dollars uh, or pounds. In ایجاد میکنه که بتونیم یه صادرات خیلی خوب داشته باشیم برای کشور دیگه با همون مaterیال و همون کیفیت کاری. Yes, if sanctions weren't a, uh, if sanctions didn't exist, we could start a uh, we could take over the exp um, uh, exporting. Uh, um, we could take over the ex um, um, exporting uh, industry. Mm -hmm. We could control the whole business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, the things that you described in terms of the sanctions. Um, seem to make it very unattractive for investors from abroad or or other perhaps part business partners to work together with Iranian companies. But also, it makes it very attractive for Iranian tailors themselves to set up a company that has stability. Because, like you said, tomorrow we may today we may have this fabric and then tomorrow it's not available anymore. What sort of um, remedies have the Iranian uh, workshops found to work their way around those problems. میگه برای اینکه بتونن این مشکلات رو از سر راهشون بردارن چه تدابیری اندیشیدن چه راه حل‌هایی پیدا کردن مثلا همین نبودن پارچه و این چیزا رو مجبوریم با پارچه‌های مثلا بی‌کیفیت چینی استفاده کنیم. Yes, they use low quality Chinese fabrics instead of those things that they could have. بخشش ایرانیه که اونم به علتی که مطری چیز مواد اولیش وارد ایران نمیشه اونم بیکیفیت تقریبا ولی با موزل اصلی همون متریاله که موزل اصلیه و اون کار بیکیفیت میشه دوخت همون دوخته یعنی شما اگه یه پارچه انگلیسی به ما بدین با همون دوختی که ما میزنیم تقریبا میشه گفت همونه ولی چون میاد روی پارچه های بیکیفیت این چینی و مثلا ایرانی و کلن اصلا نابود کلن اون چیزی که تو ذهن اون یه هنرمنده یا اون فشنه یا, یا اون کسی که طراح اون کاره اون چیزی که تو ذهنشه متواد داره درست در نمیاد um, uh, low quality Chinese Iranian uh, fabrics, uh, but uh, even if they uh, do that, uh, they cannot um, have a great result uh, with uh, in uh, comparing to a high quality fabric. 
uh, and uh, what you get at the end is not comparable with uh, what you could get from a, um, a high quality fabric. Yes, I think that makes it very difficult because you turn into a spiraling downwards of quality. And so every new thing is going to be slightly worse than the previous one until it's, it gets so bad that it's difficult to arise out of that. Um, now, I know that you also do pattern cutting on the computer and you, you make your patterns digitally. Um, have the sanctions affected you in ways that, for example, you don't have access to uh, the printers that print out those patterns or the software that you have to use uh, to make your pattern cutting work as efficient as you can? روی الگوسازی روی سیستمی مشکلی نداریم و اینکه یه بخشش تواناییشو داریم و انجام میدیم یه بخشیش تیریدیه که اون سبودی یا تیریدی اجرا میشه یه بخشی ما یکی از برنامه های چند تا از برنامه‌هاش مال کشوری که کلا با ما در ارتباط نیستن مال اون کشوراست و اون شده موزلی که ما نمیتونیم اون پارچه و اون چیزی که قبل از دوخ و قبل از برش تست بزنیم که مثلا عکسش رو بگیریم ببریم روی سیستم بعد تیریدیش بکنیم روی, روی بدن یک شخص یا نه نیست اجراش بکنیم که قبل از برش یا دوخ ببینم چه شکلی به ما میده اونو نداریم تو ایران نه میتونیم اجرایش بکنیم نه اینکه برنامهش هم نمیتونیم نصب بکنیم چون واقعا قفله درست دیس اپ اور آی کان سی پروگرام Uh, 3D Max or something, he doesn't really uh, remember. Uh, this program helps the, these tailors or fashion designers that uh, before they cut a fabric, uh, they can see the result of their work uh, in 3D. Yeah? And uh, it is exactly what they would have. But uh, after sanctions, this uh, program is Uh, completely banned and they cannot use it uh, at all even if they have uh, these VPNs or things like that mm -hmm. they still cannot use this uh, program so if you do work with any programs or softwares um, are you restricted to the countries that produce them or are you restricted to the countries that are willing to buy it from another country and then license it to you. How does that work exactly? Yeah, از کشوری که مثلا مثل ایتالیا بخوایم واردش بکنیم یا برنامهشو بگیریم چون هم قیمتش بالا تموم میشه و اینکه کسی که بخواد آموزش بده به ما که نتیجه رو به ما بده نیست ایران و اینکه ایران هم سرمایه گذاری یعنی حتی اگر نصبشن بکنید آره بینتیجه است گفتیم یا کسی نیست آموزش بده یا چی؟ 
Uh, and the second thing is uh, that most of them uh, are very pricey and expensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, let me ask you something uh, perhaps a bit more brighter. How does the how is the future looking for you? What what plans do you have for the future? What uh, visions do you have for your work? And how would you like to see uh, perhaps your profession develop in the next, let's say, five to ten years? با همه این مطلب که گفته شد آینده خود کاری خودتون رو تا پنج یا ده سال آینده چجوری میبینید؟ با همه محدودیت ها و در واقع دارم یه می جنگم با کار خب روز به روز چون داریم به نتیجه خیلی خوبی میرسیم به نظرم خیلی خوب میشه حالا هم سنم چون اینجا تو ایران هرچی سنت میره بالا به اعتبار بیشتر میکنن یعنی وقتی موام سفید بشه و پیر بشم تو این قضیه فکر کنم پیر بشم فکر کنم چون اعتماد بیشتر میکنن و کار بهتر میتونم اجرا بدم مثلا توضیحات بهتر میتونم ولی الان یکی از مشکلات من همینه فعلا سنم کمه وقتی میرم میگم که این بایستی تو ایران این اتفاق بیفته میگن چون تجربت پایینه زیاد به اعتماد ندارن ولی خب من به خاطر دل خودم حسی که به نسبت به کار دارم و عاشق کارم هم روز به روز خودم رو بهتر میبینم یعنی هر روز یه کارای جدیدتر ایدالتر و این یک برنامه ایجاد کردم توی فشن که بدونی که فقط عکس نفر رو به من میدن و سایز اندازی کلیکس یعنی کلیکس بدن یعنی سافتور طراحی کردین طراحی کردم که فیکس بدن اندازه میگیرن به من تحویل میدن عکس نفرم برای من میفرستن و اونو من برش میزنم با اون ترفندایی که توی کار و تجربه بود دست آوردم انجام میدم و تحویل فروشگاه یا نفر که میدم به هیچ عنوان دیگه دست نمیخوره بدون بدونی که پرو بکنه به این نتیجه رسیدم خیلی هم استقبال شد توی هم بخشی که الان مجموعه راد دارم کار میکنم بخشش اونجاست و بخشم که مشتره خودم هم به مشکل نخوردم تا حالا مگر اینکه بخوان تنگ چیزو یه ذره بخوان تنگترش بکنم فقط همین و نه فقط دکمه Despite of all these sanctions and limitations he's very hopeful about his future And uh, recently he has done uh, something really interesting. Uh, it's a kind of technique that he has. Uh, uh, he just uh, size someone, he's, he says measure uh, the size of a person. Uh, and um, at the end of uh, this uh, procedure, uh, he gets the best result without even uh, trying uh, that uh, dress or that coat on. بدون اینکه پروف کنه آلی در میاد دیگه؟ در میاد و اینکه تو آینده به فکر من هدف اصلیم توی ایران هدف اصلیم صادرات به کشورهای ایران حسین his most important goal is to export his products to other countries چالش های زیادی هم برخوردم ولی خب دارم روشون کار میکنم یکی یکی and he's uh, working on the uh, challenges that he's uh, uh, facing یکی یکی از چالش های بزرگ من اینه که یک نفر رو مورد اتمینان توی کشوری داشته باشم اون چیزی که میخواد برای من ارسال کنه همونو بهش تحویل میدم با قیمت خیلی Yes, and uh, he wants someone reliable in any other countries uh, that uh, he can, uh, uh, you can say, he can uh, give him something that he wants or she wants 
with uh, with much lower price. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's do a speed round. So I have a few words here for you, and uh, I'll give them to you, and you tell me in one word the first thing that comes up your mind. Okay. The most difficult thing in tailoring. Ordering. Okay. How to take an order. Handmade clothing. Great, excellent. Being left-handed. Uh, he's left-handed and he says it's very difficult to be a left-handed in Iran. Um, alterations. Aha, manzurish hamun taghir lebase. Masalan yeki miyat miye ke inja shod avas koni. Masalan shom kar amade ke miye na inja shod avas koni ke falan hoye. Moshkele darim. Yes, there are so many people that uh, have this problem. Okay, okay. Um, tailoring books. It's good to read books, but experience experience is something else. Mm -hmm. Risk. Risk. Yes, he's a risk taker. Okay. Um, <laughs> we grow with risks. Mm -hmm. um, the Iranian anatomy. <laughs> anatomy of the Iranian. Very good. It's very good. He says Iranian anatomy. Uh, Iranian bodies are perfect. They are flawless. Tanozian. I was just thinking Okay, he say, he claims that they are normal, but I I say that this is not true. Most of them have a big punch in front of them. <laughs> Believe me. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Um, so, and then last but not least, Hossein, yourself. Uh, he loves himself, he loves his uh, work, and uh, he loves that he's not uh, doing the same things every day, and uh, he's growing, he's getting better, he's progressing, and uh, this is one thing that he loves the most about himself, comparing to other companies, other tailors in Iran, um, and that's what he said. ایران تونسته به یک موفقیتی برسه به یک پله خیلی خوب برسه ارتقا نمیده یعنی به نسل بعدی یاد نمیده یکی از موزلاتی که ایران شما این کارو میکنید خودتون آره آره من کسی 
خب یعنی در آینده نزدیک این چیز داره که مثلا شاگرد بگیرید و این چیزا برنامه‌تون هست چون کسایی هستن مثل مستر دوستانی که به من واقعا دارن کمک میکنن اون چیزی که نتیجه گرفتن یعنی تجربه کردن توی چند سالی که واقعا زرش کشیدن بیخوابی کردن به نتیجه رسیدن خیلی راحت به من دارن انتقال میدن منم بایستی انتقال بدم و یعنی اتفاق خوب برای نسلای دیگه هم نمیفته Uh, one thing about Iranian people uh, uh, that I think he's right is that if someone learns a skill or something like that, they do not like to teach it to other people. They just want to keep it for themselves uh, as soon as they, uh, as long as they die or uh, they will, uh, they get uh, tired of that uh, that skill. But Mr. Hossein uh, wants to. Uh, teach uh, what uh, he has um, to other people and uh, he, do- uh, he doesn't want to keep it for himself. He just, uh, he wants everyone to learn what he uh, has learned. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good message and uh, perhaps a good, good place to end the conversation. Uh, I'd like to thank you both for your time. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Thank you, Reza. And, uh, I look forward to speak to you again at some time. Thank you. It was very nice. And that was Hossein. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation. If you'd like to see more of Hossein and that of Rod Fashion House, check out the links in the description of this video. You know, this conversation really made me think of how many elements have to be in place before something can be developed. So, for example, having access to free information flows, multiple softwares, or sometimes even the safety or the convenience of a limited liability company. What do you guys think about this? Uh, Please share your thoughts and your questions or any other comments you have in the comment section as I look forward to see what you think. Until the next time, bye-bye.